0: Welcome back to the Doggy Juice Pod, changing the way you think as a sports bettor. This is episode number 80. Wednesday morning, March 11th, 2020. And ladies and gentlemen, the moment has finally arrived. Legal sports betting has gone live in Illinois. On Monday of this week, March 9th, the land of Lincoln became the 15th state to officially start taking legal regulated bets as Rivers Casino in Des Plaines became the first sportsbook to open its windows to betters, I was there on Monday morning for the opening ceremonies. It was really exciting, very exciting scene, and honestly, uh, something that I've been looking forward to for a long time, ever since day one, doing this podcast. Um, It was really cool being in a room with all of the lawmakers, the regulators, and other industry personnel who were also excited to be a part of such a historic day here in Illinois. Chicago legend Eddie Olchek became the first uh, person to make an official legal bet. Um, He made the first official legal wager $100 on the White Sox to win the AL pennant this year at 16-1 to odds. Uh, That was Monday morning, and then the windows and the kiosks opened up for everyone else after that. I was one of the first to make my own wagers, and ceremoniously placed my first official legal bet in Illinois on Manchester City to win the Champions League at three to one odds um, not a plus EV bet by any means uh, definitely better off doing a money line rollover um, they're about to play their second um, round of 16 match against Real Madrid so they still need to get to the quarterfinals they're they're heavily favored to get to the quarterfinals but it was better off doing a money line rollover probably although I did see a plus 275 somewhere on them but Um, I just wanted something that could tangibly win and made a rare exception, you know, just a bet, something that I more or less wanted to see as a Manchester City fan, so kind of did that along the lines of what Eddie O did as well, you know, just something ceremonious for my first bet, but Monday was an exciting day because I also did separate interviews with ABC and NBC that aired on uh, the Monday Night News on both stations, so it was kind of cool being, I guess you could say, like the face of all Chicago sports bettors on opening day Kind of let them know how I felt. I actually think I was, I was maybe confusing some of the reporters because I just kept like talking about the, you know, things they didn't expect me to talk about. They're like, "So what'd you bet on?" And I was like, "Well, you know, I don't really want to bet on this stuff. Usually, I want to bet on college basketball totals, but there's too much vigor on these lines here, and uh, so I'm not really looking to do that." And so kind of confusing them, and I started getting into more of like, you know, why Illinois kind of screwed up the law, and, and more of like the technicalities. And I think they just wanted like something like, go Bulls, you know, like, uh, bet, bet on the Bulls to win the NBA championship or something like that. But it was really fun uh, doing those interviews, and besides the city bet, I also couldn't resist making a couple of college hoops wagers later on before I left uh, while I was there. So I ended up putting a couple of small bets down on the top two college hoops plays on Monday night, according to the Doggy Juice model. Those were North Northern Kentucky and Wisconsin Green Bay under 151, and BYU St. Mary's under 146.5. That number actually closed 147.5. That's where I got it for most of my wager. But uh, the actual bet I made was 146.5 at Bet Rivers for the legal wager in Illinois. Both of the bets I made at Rivers were winners. So right now the score is Doggy Juice 2, Bet Rivers Sportsbook 0. So here's the scoop on Bet Rivers and what to look for in Illinois sports betting over the next few weeks and months. Rivers is one of six places that has been granted a sports betting operator license by the Illinois Gaming Board. There will be more to come, but for now, it's just those six. Rivers is the first one to go live on Monday this week, obviously, but the Hollywood casinos in Juliet and Aurora are both rearing to go, along with the Argosy Casino in Alton, downstate in Illinois, by St. Louis. I know that the Argosy Casino is actually uh, the only the first one to start advertising that they'd be up by, by March Madness, so look for them to go up uh, right away soon too um, also the paradise casino that's p-a-r and then a and the d-i-c-e uh, casino in peoria and the Graham victoria casino in elgin those also have sports betting operator licenses as well mobile betting is going to be a thing here in illinois but not yet just not yet from what i've heard at rivers they're still a few months away from launching their app so it's anyone's guess when mobile will be available there you'd have to think they're doing everything they can to have it ready by football season which is you know going to be rapidly approaching before we know it but that's still you know just a little less than five months away Um, but i have heard some people say that it could be by the end of the year i would expect it in the next few months so but this is illinois we're talking about after all so just a reminder to all of you that in-person registration is required for mobile betting in Illinois for the first 18 months. It's a terrible aspect of the bill that I've really been harping on since they were considering uh, the bill down in Springfield about a year ago from now, a little less than a year ago. Obviously, the bill was passed last June in a special session. You can listen to my coverage on that in recent Doggy Juice podcast from last year. I want to say this around like episode forty eight forty seven something like that but um I right read around episode fifty but anyway the the mobile wagering is or in-person registration is required for mobile wagering in Illinois, which is not the case in some other states like you know Nevada you see the crazy numbers that they're they're getting you know from, and tons of competition there as well so I thought that was a mistake by Illinois but at the same time you know it's it's progress it's better than nothing and the good news is you can actually sign up for mobile betting at Rivers right now. So when it's ready to go live, you don't have to go in and register in person. Then I did that on Monday and it took all of five minutes. So I definitely recommend doing that when you go check out the river sports book and the river's book itself is pretty damn impressive. It's not very big, especially when you look at compare it to Vegas casinos, but it is nice inside. There are four betting windows with tellers and a boatload of kiosks to uh, tickers are on the walls with scores of the games and TVs of all sizes are there. It's definitely a good spot. So go in there, register for mobile, lock in a few bets. This is only the beginning. Sports betting is going to be huge here. It's just going to take a little bit of time. I'd be remiss if I didn't say that another Midwestern state is joining the fray this week. Michigan is set to go live today, actually, and become the 16th state to launch legalized sports betting clearly right in time for March Madness. This means that almost a third of U.S. states are now going to be offering legal, regulated sports betting. This is the Golden Age, baby. And as always, I will keep you all updated on state-by-state legalization, just as I have for the previous 79 Doggy Juice Pod episodes. And if any of you have any questions about the Illinois law itself, or you know the law of the state where you're at, or even what laws they're looking at for sports betting if they haven't gone live yet in your state or even a question of what legalized sports betting looks like here in Illinois, what that scene's going to look like, don't hesitate to ask me. Uh, don't hesitate to reach out on uh, Twitter and Instagram at DoggyJuice, and I'll be happy to, uh, to engage in discussions with you and, and, and talk to you more about it. So the launch of legal sports betting in Illinois came at the beginning of literally my favorite betting week of the entire calendar year, conference tournament week in college basketball. It's this week. Um, actually last week as well if you listen to last week's pod i I broke down the earlier tournaments selection sunday is this sunday we have our ncaa tournament field it will be set this sunday but this week that we're living right now is historically my most profitable week as a better because there are so many games going on and so many considerations in play for all these conference tournaments and odds makers have to make a line for every game but we as betters get to choose our spots and last week, like I said, I previewed the early mid-major conference tournaments. And in this episode of the Doggy Juice Pod, I'm going to preview all of the remaining tournaments that start or already started this week-the big boy tournaments. So without further ado, let's jump right into the remaining college basketball conference tournaments. Everybody's ready to go! He's ready to go! I'm- so we've already seen some teams punch their tickets to the Big Dance. I'm not going to name each one. You can Google that and look it up. We have seen some very exciting March Madness action already. You can even argue some of these smaller conference tournaments are more exciting than the other ones because there's so much to play for. These guys are playing on the big stage, you know, on national TV, ESPN for the first time. They're playing for to punch their ticket in the most prestigious college basketball tournament in the land. So a lot of excitement already, but the best stuff is yet to come, and people really start to tune in more over the next few days. Pay attention to the coronavirus and its impact on these tournaments. I think it'd be stupid not to. Um, The Big West already announced that it's going to play its tournament games without spectators as a precaution. That definitely impacts the handicap on some of these games when you you look at fan engagement and and really narrows potential home court advantage for some of these teams. It really makes it a truly neutral situation when they're playing on a neutral floor for the most part the ivy league canceled its tournament all all altogether yesterday that was a real bummer to hear that um yale is going to get the automatic big because it won the regular season but i'm kind of mad as a better because i was really looking forward to betting on on penn in this tournament and i think harvard has a legitimate gripe as well because they were going to be hosting that tournament i believe so and then they also beat yale in both their games this year so Kind of unfortunate. That's always a good tournament that I enjoy, and that's that would have been later this weekend, the Ivy League tournament, but that one is officially canceled. So let's start out our previews with the MAC, the M-A-A-C. That tournament is in Atlantic City. It started yesterday on Tuesday. The final is on Saturday. This tournament is in a new location this year in Atlantic City. It's a completely wide open league as well. Um, not too much on this league. Iona has always been at the top of this conference, and and Ryder is usually a strong team as well, but just can't seem to get over the hump in this tournament every year. Siena is another team that is power-rated the highest on... is actually power-rated the highest on my stuff this, this season in particular, so that's my pick to win this tournament. It's going to be Siena. It's not worth betting in the futures market, but depending on the lines, I think we're uh, going to have the best value betting on Siena to win the Mac. The Mac with just one A, the MAC. This one's in Cleveland. It started on Monday. The final's on Saturday. Another very wide-open tournament that has a number of teams that can win. Akron's the favorite, but they rely quite a bit on, on their three-point shooting. So if they have like a cold shooting night, you could see them bow out early in this tournament. I don't think there's any value in betting them in the futures market. And just like to be honest with you, I've, I've always talked about this on Doggy Juice Pods. If you're looking to bet futures, especially in these tournaments you're almost always way better off doing a money line rollover just simply bet the team to win. You know, if you're going to bet 100 on them to win the tournament on the future at like, you know, plus 300, just take that $100 and bet them on, in the first game and then if they win, roll over the winnings plus the original 100 and just keep doing that um, until the end. I've really harped on this quite a bit, but you're almost always going to make a lot more money doing it that way instead of betting on the futures market plus you can get out at any time when you do that you're not married to the futures bet you don't need them to win the tournament to win the money but yeah akron is is the team to beat here but that's not worth worthy of a bet i don't think so bowling green is also going to be a real contender they're a top contender in that conference and honestly northern illinois the local team they and you can't bet on illinois college teams in illinois which sucks but um, Eugene Germain uh, of NIU—he's one of the best players in the conferences. He averages 20.5 points per game, and he could definitely lead the Huskies to some surprises. I know they're favored in their first game, and he, he could definitely lead them all the way in this tournament. And really, it's going to be—I think—whatever team catches fire at the right time is going to come out on top in Cleveland in that one. The MIAC, the lowest power-rated conference in college basketball. This tournament started yesterday on Tuesday, concludes on Saturday with the final. Uh, the games are being played in Norfolk, Virginia. Florida a and isn't eligible to play in this one, so it's a 10-team tournament. This one's pretty simple to talk about. Uh, NC Central is the team to beat in this league. But if you're going to look at any other team that I think really has a chance to get out and get the automatic bid to be a 16 seed or probably even honestly play in in uh, the playing game next Tuesday or Wednesday... Is one of the two 16 seeds to play in the playing game. I, th- I think Norfolk is another team that's really solid and worthy of a look, but it's I think it's going to probably be, end up being NC Central that we see representing this conference in the playing game. The SWAC. This is another one of the most lower rated conferences in the nation. I think should the second lowest rated behind. Uh, the Miac, the aforementioned Miac, This one's on campus sites, and then Birmingham, Alabama. The Tuesday's the quarterfinals, the semifinals are on Friday, and the final is on Saturday. Prairie View owns this conference. It's their tournament to lose. But Texas Southern is also a very strong team, and they beat Grambling on Tuesday night. So I think Texas Southern, they're a team that's continued to improve a lot this year under their second-year coach. They also beat Prairie View uh, in the last game of the season, but I still think that Prairie View's gonna get this one done. They're the team to beat. They just most talents from top to bottom. So I, I do expect them to win this tournament. Not enough, you know, value in the futures market to bet them, but you know, pick your spots with them. The guys over at Three Man Weave, they really they they made the joke about um how you know, you could think if you're a conspiracy theorist that they really want Jackson State to get through here if you're not aware. Uh, but Snacks, Thomas Snacks Lee, the manager from Jackson State, he went viral last week for, for playing in a game and hitting a three-pointer. Um, but actually, that might be a reason maybe fade that team if, if people are looking to play on that angle just on its own. But Jackson State did win their first game yesterday in this tournament, uh, and uh, you know, it could be a good story if that team ends up doing something. But I totally expect Prairie View to get this one done. Moving on to the ACC, one of the big boys. This one started on Tuesday as well, ends Saturday with the championship game. It's taking place at Greensboro Coliseum in Greensboro, North Carolina, which is basically Duke's backyard. It's not a far ride at all from Durham, so Duke, you know, is going to enjoy a special home court advantage in this tournament. It's definitely far from the best ACC this year uh, that we've seen recently. You know, usually the ACC is the strongest conference in in the nation, but far from the case this season. Uh, Duke is the short shot to win this tournament. Florida State is also right up there. Banner year for Leonard Hamilton and that very strong Florida State squad that's going to have a, a pretty high seed in the in the Big Dance. Virginia is um is definitely worthy of a look here. They're they're playing really well uh, down the stretch here, and obviously with Tony Bennett, when you have his team in a tournament setting, I mean no one draws up defensive strategy and a defensive game plan better than him they're gonna be a tough out no matter who they play in the big dance as well i'd really be worried if i was one of you know you could just see the writing on the wall right now that you know dayton's gonna get a second round matchup as a one seed against virginia the defending champs but virginia is also they're they're kind of due for regression and, and they're they're close games they're nine and one and one score games this year they play a lot of close games and they've they've prevailed in a lot of those tight matchups they're a team that you know i really wouldn't want to lay points with at all but definitely take points with it's the way i'd like to look just as a you know, default setting with that team but honestly like this this tournament's a little more wide open i think that people think louisville obviously is also a top team as well that jordan nuora you can go off at any time but they've been a bit of a disappointment especially based off preseason expectations but they could be another team that takes this one uh louisville but If you're looking further down the board, Notre Dame would probably be the best value team in terms of tournament long shots. Mike Bray always seems to get the most out of his teams at this time of year. Notre Dame's kind of peaking at the right time, and they play a really smart brand of basketball. They're not going to turn the ball over. You're really going to have to work to beat them, especially in a tournament setting. So Notre Dame, you can see, makes some noise. If you're really going to sprinkle a little bit of money on a long shot in this tournament, that's probably the way I would look here. And a a team that's a popular pick for this same reason is UNC, um, but they had to play yesterday. They got through um, their first matchup. But at the same time, you know, it's kind of hard to to see UNC winning five days in a row. But they do have Cole Anthony. You know, when you look back at that UConn team that did the same um, with Kemba Walker, I think it was back, like, you know, 10 years ago, uh, that the team went on a run and won a bunch of days in a row in the conference tournament and actually kept that momentum into the big dance. Usually you don't see that. Usually it's better off. For teams, and this is generalizing, but teams you know, lose earlier in these conference tournaments, especially when they don't need to win it for any particular reason. Um, it's better; it gives them more time to rest. And you know, there, there's a lot of reasons why it's probably beneficial for teams not to play this many days in a row. You know, heading into the the big dance. But your team like UNC—that's your only way to get a ticket to the big dance. Obviously, you have all the motivation in the world, but you know, to expect them to win <clears throat> five days in a row. Would be absolutely insane, and they're going to, have to get through Syracuse today in their next game after winning their first one, North Carolina. But they do have the talent to do it, and you know it could be a situation later in the week where we are talking about UNC, you know, being a potential team that can steal a another bubble, to, you know, or a, a bid from a bubble team because the Tar Heels are definitely not going to the big dance on their own resume this year. But honestly, in the end, Duke is probably the team that I think gets this done, especially since. All their games are going to be played close to home. The Southland Conference in Katy, Texas. This one starts today Wednesday and ends with the championship game on Saturday. Not too much for this conference here. Only the top eight of the 13 teams in this league make it to the tournament, so it's you know kind of nice just to be in the tournament in the first place if they make it there. Stephen F. Austin is the best team in this conference. They also have a nice bracket draw. I expect them to be the team that prevails at the end. But a very you know low-key underrated conference, the Southland, with some pretty damn good teams, especially at the top. Nichols and Sam Houston can also come out on top here and, and win this tournament. But in the end, I expect it to be Stephen F. Austin. We saw them make a run a few years ago in the big dance when they made it and represented this conference not expecting the same thing this year but at the same time i you know do think that whoever comes out on top and expect that to be Stephen f austin to maybe make a scare or scare one of the bigger uh, power five teams in in the big dance next week the big sky tournaments this one is in boise idaho starts today wednesday and ends on saturday Another very underrated league, and only once in the last 12 years has a team not seeded one or two won this tournament. Eastern Washington is red hot, but Northern Colorado is at the top of the doggy juice power ratings here. But Eastern Washington is the number one seed. The number two seed is Northern Colorado, and that is my pick to win this tournament. Jonah Radabaugh, the big point guard who was the Big Sky Defensive Player of the Year last year, he leads the way for Northern Colorado, and a team that cashed some unders and, and some good select spots for me later in the year. I think that they get it done, Northern Colorado. I wouldn't bet their future, but I think you're better off rolling them over on the money line. I you know, I might be looking to do something like that, although I'm not sure how much value we're going to be getting on them early on in the tournament, but it's definitely a spot where I think Northern Colorado is going to come out on top here in the big sky. <clears throat> the... Conference USA Tournament, this one's in Frisco, Texas, starts today, Wednesday, ends on Saturday. Louisiana Tech is rated the highest on Ken Palm, and on my stuff as well. They're also the best defensive team in the league. They also have a very efficient offense. They're the team I think gets it done. They're the chalk. North Texas is also a contender, though. They have the most efficient offense in the conference. Western Kentucky is also good, but they really just don't have the depth, I don't think, to to really make it that far here. UTEP. They were rated a lot higher at the start of the season. They are peaking a bit at the end of this year here, so maybe they could find some magic and live up to what some people thought they could do at the start of the season. So UTEP could be you know, a sneaky team, sneaky option here. But in the end, I think Louisiana Tech is going to come out on top and, uh, and represent Conference USA. Moving on to another big boy league, the Big East. This one is at Madison Square Garden Wednesday to Saturday, the finals on Saturday. This one, I mean, this really is a three team top tier, pretty clear top three team tier in the Big East Villanova, Creighton, and Seton Hall. Creighton, um, they were the conference champions, but they lack depth. That, that lack of depth matters less in these tournament games, though, especially the Big Dance with the longer TV timeouts. But I'm not sure I like Creighton to win this tournament. And to be honest, I think, like I said before, it might be better for them to get bounced early and to rest up for the NCAA tournament and have some extra time to, to get ready for that. Uh, Villanova, I think, you know, if I had, you know, gunned ahead had to pick a team to win this tournament without considering any odds, they're the team I'd pick to win this. They're rounding into form at the right time. And they look poised to get this one done. Obviously, Miles Powell... And Seton hall they were the best team in the conference for a while and had the shortest NCAA tournament odds in the conference for quite a while, but they've kind of faded a bit at the end here. But but Miles Powell, obviously, if he goes off, that team's going to go as far as he takes then, the senior point guard. Providence, they're the ones, they've been peaking at the right time, and they just keep winning. And at the beginning of the season, I was really looking to play on Providence. I thought they were underrated by the betting market. I actually bet them at 16-1 to win the Big East this year. Obviously, that did not materialize, but it was just a value play. And at the start of the year, they were not doing well. I was pretty pissed off about that, but they really found their form at the end of the year and look to be the team now that I thought they could be at the start of the year. They've covered the spread in six straight. They've won all six heading into this tournament. They have an excellent battle against Butler later today. I think that spread's really short. I'm not, you know, There's no value, I don't think, betting either side there. Um, when you just look at recent form on its own, Providence is obviously the side you want to look at, but I think even Butler's covered the spread in four out of their past five, so... Uh, That's just going to be a good game to watch in general. And whoever wins that game, you know, you might want to look to even fade them in their next game if it's going to be a close, hard fought affair. But you could also see either of those teams going the whole way in this tournament. I mean, Butler was the team of the conference at the start of the year. They had such a flying start to the season, but then really had a tough start to the new year. Uh, Lost a few games in a row then and really kind of sputtered. But. Um, same with with Marquette. Speaking of sputtering, the sky's been falling for Marquette lately. They completely tanked at the end of the season, just like they did last year. I think that's like their M.O. now. But they still do have Marcus Howard, and and Marcus Howard you know could take them as far as he wants. He's one of the most prolific scorers in the nation, if not the most prolific scorer. I would give him the ball and ask him to get points. But the problem is the guys around him just haven't been doing much at all. Uh, they'll probably get the eight or nine seed in the Big Dance market or Marquette, but. Uh, they will go as far as Marcus Howard will take them. But in this big East tournament, it's looking like it's gonna be Villanova, Creighton or and all. But I would not be surprised if you saw a team like Providence or or even Butler come out on top. And even Marquette as it you know, this this really could go a lot of ways. This is a really good conference from top to bottom and it will be a really fun tournament to watch. The Big 12, this one is in Kansas City, Missouri. President Trump that's Missouri, not Kansas. Uh, started on or starts today this tournament and ends on Saturday with the championship game. Obviously, Kansas is the team to beat in this tournament. They're the number one power-rated team in the entire nation, according to the doggy Juice model. That's not a hot take at all. I think you know Vegas, most Vegas guys, and uh, even Kempham—they have Kansas at the top. So for those of us looking for maybe value on Kansas and the tournaments, maybe it's better off for us for them to lose early on in this one. But there's a pretty clear top tier of teams in this conference besides Kansas. Obviously, Baylor was the number one team in the country for most of the college basketball season. They kind of had some tough times here at the end of the regular season, but they're definitely a contender. Texas Tech, the defending national runners-up, led by Chris Beard. They're always going to be in the conversation, and they're up there on the power ratings. And then West Virginia as well. West Virginia can definitely win this. They have the goods to win this tournament, no doubt about it. The better defenses like Texas and West Virginia, I think might be worth a look here, especially i in mean, Texas, they're playing for their tournament lives. They were playing really well down the stretch and then just completely laid an egg in their last game of the regular season against Oklahoma State and got blown out, which was a very perplexing. Oklahoma State's also a, a team that I identified early in the year as being a potential, you know, sleeper if they made the big dance, but they're not gonna get theirs. So, but they're still a team that that has talent and they if they can live up to it can can make a run in this tournament. Um, I would probably take a look if you're looking for value further down the board, West Virginia and Texas, like I said. And, you know, it's it's just tough to get behind a team like Baylor that's been struggling lately in their last five games. They haven't even outscored an opponent in the second half in any of them. And Texas Tech with the Chris Beard factor, they lost by a combined seven points to Kansas in both matchups this season. So they they really can keep the games close. It's gonna to be tough to beat them, just like a Virginia team, you know, the team they lost to in the national title game last year. It's hard to get margin on these guys, so maybe wouldn't be looking to lay points with Texas Tech much, but definitely taking points with them um in this tournament. But you know if i if I had to make a pick, obviously Kansas is the team to beat, but don't be surprised if a team like West Virginia or Texas Tech, you know, comes out on top. I think West Virginia's lost to Kansas in this title game like three years of three times like very recently. So it's kind of their MO to get here and lose in the title game. Bob Huggins squad, but I love betting on Huggy Squad in uh, squads and tournaments because they play such a lockdown defense. So that's probably the way I'd look here, but you know, if I just had to expect the team to come out on top, obviously it's going to be Kansas. The Pac 12 tournament Wednesday. Starts today and ends on Saturday. This is at T Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. The top four teams all get buys in this league. Oregon is the favorite as the number one seed. Arizona is one of the other short shots on the betting boards along with Colorado, but neither of those teams have the buy neither of those teams is in the top four. And Colorado actually might even be the best team of the conference. So UCLA was a really surprising story in this league, and honestly we should have seen this coming. They improved so much late. And early out of the season, they were really struggling, had a really bad non-conference showing, but it's because, you know, they have their new coach in there. Guys bought in to Cronin, uh, Mick Cronin, their first-year coach, into his system. A lot of early speed bumps for that team, but they really rounded into form and actually tied Oregon for the best record in the Pac-12. And interesting, interestingly enough, I heard the UCLA they had a worse net ranking last week than Washington, Washington was in last place in the Pac-12. Just kind of shows you a little bit about the Pac-12 this year. There are some strong teams in that conference, but really no. Oh my God, these team, this team's an amazing team in uh, the conference. in Arizona has been a pretty damn big disappointment this year uh, with that team. Washington, when you really want to contrast UCLA, Washington's pretty much the opposite. They had a great non-conference schedule at the beginning of the year. They beat Baylor, uh, but they just lost in the conference. They lost a lot of games in the conference, but they do get an interesting rematch against Arizona today after beating Arizona and Tucson over the weekend in the last game of the regular season. So Washington could be worth a look to make some noise, although they'd have to obviously beat Arizona for the second time in in half a week to advance today. Oregon's clearly the team to beat in this tournament, though, uh, Peyton Pritchard is a national player of the year contender, the point guard, experienced point guard for them. You saw him lead them to that, that deep run last year. They won the Pac-12 tournament last year and then made the run in the big dance. Dana Altman, fantastic coach at this time of year. So Oregon is definitely the team to be. But if you're looking for value, I think Stanford might be the value team in this tournament. They kicked things off against Cal tonight as eight-and-a-half-point favorites. So not much value on that line, or no value on that line at all, honestly. But watch out for Stanford in their matchup. If they do get past Cal, watch them in their matchup tomorrow. I think that could be a team that could be worth look, you know, looking to bet on because they're, they're a really strong team and you know, across the board, and they're going to give teams fits. It's going to be a tough out of beating Stanford. The Atlantic 10, this one is at Barclays Center in Brooklyn, starts today, ends on Sunday. This conference has been all about one program this season. Soon to be number one seed in the Big Dance, Dayton. They're the squad to beat and the odds-on favorite to win this tournament. Even though Dayton is head over heels, the best team in the A-10, there's a clear crop of three programs behind the Flyers who are very strong teams this year, and those are Richmond, St. Louis, and Rhode Island. Richmond is in the top 50 at Ken Palm. They're number 46. St. Louis isn't too far behind at 62, and Rhode Island's at number 66 on Kempom. St. Louis is playing really well. They're going to get the double bye as well. One of their losses to Dayton this year was in overtime, and they played the Flyers tough in Dayton. They're a physical team, St. Louis. I think they really are the team that you could see getting this done and stealing the automatic bid um, away from Dayton, who's pretty much locked into that one seed no matter what happens here. But don't sleep on the Richmond Spiders either. I think that team can make noise in this tournament. But if I had to take another team, you know, take a flyer on another team, I would, I would definitely take a look at St. Louis. The SEC, another big boy tournament. This one starts today, Wednesday. The final is on Sunday. This one's a lot more wide open than we've seen in the SEC in previous years. Kentucky is the favorite, as we're used to seeing at on um, futures odds, around plus 175 to win this tournament, so not enough um it's just not enough to bet them. You're better off doing the money line rollover on them. Looks like um, Kentucky's on a collision course with Auburn for the championship game in this one. Kentucky, in true Kentucky form, is rounding into form late in the season. You kind of see that's kind of Calpari's Ebo, even though there's this team's a little older this year. Usually, has all those freshman blue chip guys, and he, he does have that this year with like Maxie and stuff. But you see his teams, his freshman laden teams, struggle at the beginning of years. So people kind of sleep on them a bit, and then you know these teams once. They've had a whole season to work together. They really rounded into form later on in the season. And obviously, they're Kentucky. Their fans are going to travel, might even get some calls, you know, Coach Kell team. So Kentucky really is, you know, a team, even in the big dance, I think, especially if they can get a two-seed, they can really make some noise. And actually, I was able to scoop a future on them, a kind of a rogue number at 25-1 to 1 to win the big dance a couple of weeks ago. I think that's a pretty good number to get on Kentucky, especially as a two-seed. Not going to see them as an underdog much in in the big dance. But the other teams that can make noise in this SEC tournament, are besides Auburn and, and Kentucky, LSU, Arkansas, and Mississippi State, they're right there as well. Um, but I still think that Kentucky's going to get this done. Lots of fans will show up to Nash Vegas. Cal Parry's team should prevail in the SEC. Another big tournament. This one might be the most exciting of them all and a local flair here for Chicago people. The Big Ten tournament. This one is not in Chicago this year, though. It's not at the United Center. It's at Banker's Life Fieldhouse in Indy. Tournament starts today on Wednesday and ends on Sunday with the title game. This is the best conference in the country this year. It's poised to see the most teams of any conference dancing next week. At least 10 Big Ten teams are expected to play in the big dance. It's an absolutely wide open tournament. Wisconsin, Maryland, and Michigan State tied for the conference title, but Michigan—sorry, Wisconsin gets the number one seed. Michigan State gets the number two seed, and Maryland's number three. And then Illinois gets the number four seed and the double bye as well after beating Iowa last um, on Sunday night in a really, really good game. Uh, but Illinois, you know, they're set up for another matchup against Iowa on Thursday, assuming Iowa gets by Minnesota, which is definitely going to be a tall task because minnesota is a very strong team as well so but illinois gets the other double bye here and they're poised to you know be favored in their their first round matchup in the big dance next week obviously they're gonna probably be you know five seed something like that who knows five six seed but despite the struggles of michigan state this year they are the team to beat in this tournament they are finally playing their best ball at the end of the year. They're power rated the highest and have the best ceiling by far of any team in this tournament. There's a reason why they're the favorites to win this tournament. But Ohio State, Penn State, and Iowa are also dark horses here. I just don't know if Wisconsin's going to get it done. I, Wisconsin's been a really nice team this year. They've really, they, you know, they, they split the Big Ten. But I still don't see it. And numbers wise, kind of backs it up. I think I favor a team like Ohio State, definitely Michigan State. Um, and even, honestly, Illinois over Wisconsin, so I would not be betting on Wisconsin in this tournament. If anything, I'd be looking further down the board at one of those dark horses. Even Purdue can make some noise. They're going to be playing for their tournament life, and honestly, watch out for Minnesota. I said it before. They went under 500 in the Big Ten this year, but they're number 29 at Ken Palm. Ken Palm has them one slot ahead of Illinois, which is kind of surprising. Minnesota is one of the most underrated teams in the nation, and they're going to be a team that can honestly make some noise in this tournament, and really surprise some people. So that's your value play, no doubt. If you are going to look to play the futures market, take a look at Minnesota. Maybe even take a look at a team like Purdue or Ohio State. But you know that's that's the way I would look if you are going to be looking to play futures in the Big Ten. But it's it's going to be a dynamite tournament. There is no value betting any of the futures, really, especially on those top teams. But I do think that Sparty takes this one home. The Big West, this is the first, uh, our last few tournaments here start on Thursday. So this one starts tomorrow and ends on Saturday. It's at the Honda Center in Anaheim. Just really quickly on this tournament, UC Irvine is power-rated the highest on my numbers. They play excellent defense. They're the class of this league. UC Santa Barbara, UC Riverside are also right up there. They could challenge and Hawaii. They're also up there too, but they've been a bit of a disappointment this year. UC Irvine is the team to beat in Anaheim two more left the WAC this one's in Las Vegas uh, at the Orleans Casino starts Thursday and Saturday there's eight teams in this tournament Cal Baptist the would-be number two seed is ineligible due to reclassification this is all New Mexico State. New Mexico State's gonna be a shocker if they don't win this tournament they want a perfect 16-0 in WAC play seven games over uh, seven games better than the next highest team in the standings. They're around minus 400 to win this tournament, so it's definitely theirs to lose. So it's pretty much New Mexico State or nothing. It's going to be a shocker if they don't prevail in this one. Definitely don't bet on Chicago State, that's for sure. The worst power-rated team in college basketball. Uh, but yeah, New Mexico sh- State should uh, should cakewalk in this tournament. All right, our last one, last tournament to cover in this episode of the Doggy Juice podcast on Conference Tournament Week, we have the American Athletic Conference, the AAC tournament in Fort Worth, Texas. This one starts with the first round tomorrow on Thursday. The title game is on Sunday. In my opinion, this is one of the most underrated conferences in the entire nation, year after year. We have a three-way tie for the conference championship in the regular season between Houston and Houston. Tulsa and Cincinnati. Cincinnati won the tiebreaker and got the number one seed in the tournament. Houston's the number two seed. Houston is the chalk choice. They're the favorites to win this tournament. They're the best team in the league. Ken Palm has them at number 14. Their coach Sampson hasn't won this tournament yet, so I think they might be actually looking to win it and prevail and uh, get a higher seed in the big dance. UConn is playing really good basketball. They're on a, a win streak right now. They're a good dark horse choice if you're looking for a team that with the higher higher odds and the futures odds to uh, to win this tournament, look at UConn. Wichita State is also going to be max motivated since they're right on the cut line, they're right on the bubble for the NCAA tournament. So Wichita State's also a team that's going to be really looking to win this tournament. And same with Cincinnati as well; uh, they are going to be a, a questionable bubble team too. So SMU is another strong team, but SMU's. Mo this year has been blowing late second half leads, so wouldn't really trust them. Maybe like to play them in the first half, if anything. Uh, Memphis they've come a long way from their preseason their preseason expectations. Obviously, you know they're, they had all the controversy at the start of the year. They're not going to make the big dance, so they need to win this tournament to make it to the NCAA tournament as well. But they have some talent on that squad. But Houston should get this done. They have the best backcourt in the league. They have a strong front court. And I, I really think that Houston and Sampson wins this tournament. It's a tournament where I think unders can be worth a look. It's you know, the way I look just by default at first anyway. But numbers-wise, you know, early on when I'm looking at my numbers on this tournament, it looks like that's the way I'm looking anyway. And plus, when you consider all the intangibles, especially early on in this tournament, there's unfamiliar court and, and unfamiliar sight lines for the shooters, some great defenses in this league as well, and obviously, like I said before, some very motivated bubble teams. Not a recipe to blindly bet the unders on a neutral site, but it's definitely the way I would look first. Is the unders in the American Athletic Conference tournament? Hello! That's going to do it. Um, we also have a big golf tournament this weekend. It's golf's fifth majors this weekend. The players. I really think that Patrick Cantlay might be worth a look at twenty-five to one odds to win this one. He's just i mean he's one of the top guys, and he's way better value in relation to the other top golfers who have really done well in this tournament in the past. He fits this course he won the memorial last year, which kind of is you was know, a good indicator on success at this at, you know, on this course in Florida, so I think Patrick Cantley might be worth a look at twenty five to one i'm I'm coming off a nice little hit on Tyrell Hatton last week at fifty to one odds so Got a little bit extra to play with here, which is kind of nice. Not a reason to bet a tournament just because you have extra you know, bankroll, but I do think Cantley is, is a, a golfer I'm going to look to uh, to bet on to win this tournament this week. But that's going to do it for this episode of the Doggy Juice Podcast. As usual, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Doggy Juice. Be sure to also leave a rating and review. I'd really appreciate that on iTunes. Subscribe. Tell your friends. We're going to be doing a lot of Doggy Juice college basketball rundowns the next few weeks on the obviously the big dance breaking that down next week the sweet 16 obviously the final four last year i I said this on last week's pod last year i posted every doggy juice model lean for every single game in the ncaa tournament posted that on twitter last year and those plays in every single big dance game those went 38 28 and one against the spread that's 57.6 percent i would definitely sign up for that Again, this year, if I could right now, I will look to do the same this year and post the doggy juice model lanes for every game in the big dance as well. The lines do sharpen up as the big dance goes on, especially later in the tournament. So it's tougher to find value later on in the tournament, but there is still value nonetheless, especially early on and a few other betting angles that I love to get into play on as well. Uh, just a little hint, uh, first to 15 points, first to score 15 is, is something I'd love to bet in the big dance. But first, we have our conference tournament week this week. And I will look to post a few best bets on Twitter as well for that. And as always, be sure to check out Bet Chicago and Bet Indiana News for more sports betting coverage. That's going to do it for this episode. Good luck on your bets, and I will talk to you all next week. Sports betting's legal in Illinois now, baby. Doggy Juice out.